Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday, a Labor Day Monday, and we're bringing you Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry. We've got a lot to accomplish on the program. As well, have your birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide, best and worst of the weekend, and more. Auburn football has happened. We saw it inside Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday night. A long night there at the stadium with the weather delay mixed in and Auburn football on their way to their first victory of the 2022 season. 42-16 the final score. We've already seen head coach Brian Harson for his game week presser earlier today against San Jose State. So the Tigers get ready for week number two. We've got quarterback questions galore that we will continue to answer throughout the week and we continue to talk about everything else going on in the wide world of sports. College football is back on Thursday. The NFL season gets started when the reigning Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams take on the Buffalo Bills. Playoffs enters the final stretch. Our Braves have won five games in a row and are down by a single game. One game separates the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. So tons to discuss here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We hope that you're doing well on this Labor Day Monday. J.J. Tom, Branton Brooks inside our studios. Brooks Childress, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Uh, It is great to be here this afternoon talking about football. Actual football is finally on the field uh, in full. You know, we had week zero a couple weeks ago, and we finally got everybody on the field this past week with week one. And I'll tell you what, uh, I don't know if there's there's been a lot of you know they they touted it uh, going in you know you saw it all the the promos and everything is like this is one of the greatest week ones and you looked at the slate of games you're like eh, maybe but it, there's potential for it to flop really really hard and then I'll tell you what uh, there were a lot of games that lived up to the billing last night there uh, or well last night and over the weekend uh, you had the great uh, Utah Florida game over uh, Saturday night you had a a phenomenal Ohio State uh, Notre Dame game on Saturday night as well last night you had a, a uh, crazy ending to the LSU Florida State game you got one more game coming up tonight Clemson and Georgia Tech hopefully you can get that one to live up to some of the billing that we had this weekend. Of course, the Auburn Tigers were on the field. We saw two quarterbacks out of the three that were competing for the job on the field on Saturday night. You saw T.J. Finley, uh, and he played well except for a couple mistakes. And Brian Harson talked about that in the post game. He talked about it today too. Robbie Ashford came in as well, uh, and he played well. Uh, one of the big talking points has been asking all the all the players and Harson about that over the past two media sessions after the game, and then at his uh, presser today was the there was a block that Robbie Ashford threw on a on a, pa- a screen over to T.J. Finley or not T.J. Finley uh, to um, to uh, Tank Bigsby. 
and everyone was everyone's been asking about that. Everyone was asking about the play where T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford were on the field at the same time, uh, and so it, it's there were some wrinkles thrown in there. Uh, overall, I don't think it was a terrible start for the season for the Tigers. Uh, I, I think you would have liked to see a little bit more consistency from the quarterback play uh, from both of them coming out of this game, but that's what these two games were for. We've talked about over the the uh, off season, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that are you know have uh, opinions on what the quarterback system what the quarterback situation should be but you know we talked about in the offseason and, and you you look at it you have mercer and you have a san jose state team that you are i think open up as a three touchdown favorite on uh this week you you've got a chance to look at these quarterbacks and get who you you know who's going to be the overall starter going into that penn state game these first two weeks and i think you know the, both quarterbacks put some positives out there but both quarterbacks had a few negatives out there there were there, some negatives were more impactful than others but we'll talk about all that we'll uh, start uh, you know wrap up the weekend and then of course start looking ahead to the saturday night's game against san jose state auburn football at san jose state coming up on saturday september 10th kickoff set for 6 30 p.m inside jordan hare stadium the tiger tailgate show going on the year at 3.30. Mr. Brand Daughtry, talk to me. How are you, friend? How was I'm, your weekend? I'm feeling great. Weekend was great. Was so happy to be back in Jordan-Hare Stadium, uh, even if it was for a paycheck game. And, you know, Brooks talked about it. It, it, it. You had some good moments and some bad moments, and honestly, I think that's the best way a first game against an overmatched opponent can go. Uh, because now you you know what you need to work on. You have some things that the coaches can get mad about, so the players don't get too high on themselves, but... You still had it. You still have what was essentially became an easy win, and I really think that's the best way that these games can go, especially if you're playing it in Week One. Uh, everyone's going to have their opinions about the quarterback thing, like Brooks said again. Uh, but man, the running backs look really good, don't they? The running backs look awesome. Tank Bigsby looks a little bit faster than he did last year, uh, in my opinion. I, I don't know if if he is actually faster, but he just looks like it. The offensive line had some moments where they, they did struggle a teeny bit, but uh, never really got overpowered. No run was ever stuffed for nothing or for loss. It was always the worst that the offensive line gave up was a one or two yard gain rather than a big play. So I, I'm happy to see that. I think, uh, you know, I'm going to go back and watch the the broadcast of this game in a couple of days and uh, kind of focus more on individual guys and come back with different opinions, I'm sure. But I, I thought overall Auburn played well, uh, even if they didn't play perfectly. I thought the one thing that I, I want to focus on, though, and I'm sure everybody will be focusing on this, the quarterbacks did play well, but they didn't play well every snap. And that's what Harson's been talking about uh, since spring training, really, or spring practice, really, is since is the he just needs more consistency. I think every one of those guys has it, but you've got to be able to do it consistently. And I think it's very easy to say that TJ Finley has improved. He has improved significantly, but he is still not perfect. Uh, and he's still not as good as you would hope him to be because he had three bad plays, I think. Other than that, he was really, really good. But those three bad plays were all really bad. If you take away those three bad plays, he was 9 of 11 for 140-something yards and a touchdown. That's a really, really great stat line. But you throw in those three bad plays, the one miscommunication where he threw it deep and the wide receiver came back to it. His reaction made me think that was his fault. Uh, I don't know, though, uh, so it may have just been the wide receiver's issue. But the two picks were on him, and the two picks were not good. And that's something that Harson is not going to tolerate. Uh, looking at Ashford, I thought he 
I man, he runs the ball well, Dead Gummit, and he throws a very, very pretty deep ball. He was not asked to do the th- the same exact things that T.J. Finley was asked to do. Was not asked to run the same offense, but what he did, he did very well. Uh, so I, I think there, I Auburn is not there yet, but I, I'm fully cap- I'm fully confident that Auburn can get where they need to go. Tom Peavy, how are you today? I'm doing great, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I there's not really a whole lot more I can add on to what these guys have just said about Auburn is, uh, but. They they took care of business. They they did what they needed to do. Uh, we saw some good. We saw some bad. Uh, learn from the bad. Move on to the next one. But uh, they took care of business. They did what they needed to do. They did what everybody expected them to do. Uh, outside of that, some other great games this weekend, uh, as have been mentioned. The one last night was just absolutely insane awesome. finish. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and you mentioned the Braves. Braves are on a hot streak. The Mets are struggling a little bit. So the Braves have made some ground um, just one game back. And now, of course, we're looking towards NFL. And uh, and then, of course, with everybody with NFL comes a lot of fantasy stuff. I've already done one fantasy draft. And we have our office fantasy draft coming up tonight uh, after we get done with the show. So, uh all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, conversations with Joe Bartle from Rotowire coming back in the near future uh, later this week as well as fantasy football season gets up and going. So Auburn wins 42-16 to over the Mercer Bears. We saw both quarterbacks in action with TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. Ashford comes in on the fourth play of the game. I mean, really quickly comes into the competition and uh, has a nice run. And then later after the second interception from TJ Finley, we never saw Finley again. Robbie Ashford had the playbook opened up. He talked after the game about getting a phone call from Eric Keesaw, who was up in the booth, and telling him, all right, Robbie, let's rock and roll. It's your time. It's your time uh, to show off a little bit. And then we saw Robbie Ashford go the rest of the way for Auburn football, including a really long weather delay. Uh, and, and, Brant, you toughed it out, man. You uh, you came back for the restart. Brooks and I had the fortunes of being inside a enclosed press box. Uh, but uh, it was fun to kind of watch you come back out there and have some fun. Look, man, I got rained on. Yeah. I've been, I'm not going to melt. I've been rained on before. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did went Did you down. walk out at all? I uh, walked down to the concourse, yes. Okay. But I uh, did not leave the stadium. Uh, found a little dry pocket over there with the, the food vendors and uh, hung out there for about an hour. Ate a pizza and uh, then (laughs) then came out with about 10 minutes left before the restart happened Uh, came came back out about when the teams came back out and warmed up for to to continue the game so that was a lot of fun um stadium was absolutely emptied out so it it was a very intimate feeling uh but you could tell uh just watching him come out and when tank scored that touchdown and uh on the first play of the restart you could tell how appreciative the players were of the fans that stayed and how much it meant to them so that was pretty cool. Uh, and I'm telling you, I could have reached out and touched Tank on that touchdown uh, if I just was so inclined. Because I, I had moved from my seat, which is about halfway up in the north end zone, and just kind of crowded around the barrier wall since there was no one else sitting there at that point. But, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I, I've been wet before. I'll be wet again. It, Partying in the rain is a good time. What was weird is I, I was at my uh, I was at my girlfriend's uh, place when the game was going on, and uh, I was having to follow it on my phone since uh, she didn't have the streaming service. So right. I, I was following along on my phone, and uh, I get weather delay, and she does not live very far from the stadium, uh, and so you get weather delay, and I 
kind of was like okay they're in a weather delay and we turned everything off and we couldn't hear anything and i went out her back door no rain no nothing she doesn't live very far from the stadium like i said at all not a drop of rain falling and it, it took a good 10 minutes before it finally started raining there but it was just weird that the stadium was under a weather delay and we weren't getting anything and we were just a few blocks away right but um yeah you know and i and that rain reminded me of the uh, west virginia game uh when it just absolute came up a, a deluge that's what it looked like yeah and i heard a lot of comparisons to the to the we west saw, virginia we saw andy bircham compare it to west virginia okay. at the pre- we saw him at the press conference today and uh that's exactly what came to mind for him and many others so yeah uh, we made it through a weather delay for auburn football and they started off the season 1-0 and with a 42-16 win over Mercer. We would love for you to be a part of our program. You could do that by giving us a call, 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 at Tiger9. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Back in a moment after this timeout. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now, back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress. We hope that everyone is doing well on this Monday, on this Labor Day Monday, and we're bringing you a brand new live edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Do want to make sure that we remind you, all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Give us a call to join the show, 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn Bank, our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line. As we go to the phone lines here for the first time during today's show, you could call in and give us your thoughts on Auburn football's season opening victory against Mercer. First caller due up today, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve now joins us here on the program. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon, guys. And just to let you know, you are so appreciated for being here today when today is Labor Day. So I hope that management, I hope management is listening, that you guys get a Labor Day bonus. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, Steve. It's fun to be here. So it's Mr. Tom Peavy, yourself, and Mr. Brent Daughtry, is that right? And Brooks Childress. And Brooks Childress. Okay, we'll throw him in there. All right, guys, let's go, let's go for it, okay? First, if I never have to live stream again ESPN uh, Plus, I won't be, uh, believe me, I won't be disappointed. I don't know about you guys, but I saw on Twitter, I could not get a consistent uh, uh, network feed uh, the whole time during the game. In fact, I had to change TVs. I thought maybe it was my TV, uh, but I don't know if other people are calling and complaining about it, but the live stream kept, kept interrupting on me. I had to uh, constantly reload it again, and uh, it was just horrendous. Uh, do you guys know your, your friends that were uh, trying to watch live stream of the game? 
I know certain people have to stream games from time to time, and you can get a little frustrated with how those things are going on uh, the SEC Network Plus and, and ESPN Plus and digital broadcasts. There can be troublesome uh, getting all the feeds going. And on a college football Saturday in particular, where there are a million events trying to be streamed by ESPN, it absolutely can be difficult for some. I don't know that that affected any of us uh, since that we were at the game, uh, but but and, and Tom being able to pull it up on his phone successfully. But, uh, yeah, I do know that it has affected others in the past before. Okay. Well, uh, enough of that complaining. I do want to go ahead and let you know, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody else is playing along with me, but I will go ahead and uh, hold up to it. I'm admitted to it. Apparently, I am not smarter than the Vegas odds makers. I had that game won, guys, until, what, 20-some seconds left in the game? And they got that last touchdown, yep. Yes. This, this goes under the category of bad, bad beats. Health, bad You're exactly beats. right. No kidding. A bad beat, bad beat. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering at this point, guys, you know, this is not good when our backups you know, on defense can't stop uh, a Mercer, uh, which is, to me, a you know, junior college uh, team uh, from scoring, and I was concerned not only about that, but I was also kind of troubled by what are we doing with people like you know our starters like Mr. Owen Papo still playing in the fourth quarter. Uh, what's your guys' take on that? I, I'll be honest, I was a little shocked to see some of the starters out there in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you know, Harson has said, or I'm not. I guess Harson is saying by leaving them out there, there's stuff that those guys need to work on. They need to get game reps and. Uh, even though it's late and the game is won, he wants those guys out there and uh, just to, to get a feel for playing football again. So it's a little bit different, but I, I'm not too torn up about it for sure. Well, I just thought, hey, let's give some time uh, to, to the game that we know we were going to win to some other players on defense and see you know, how they're playing because that's a lot different from uh, practicing against each other. And that's what my concern And then you're going to risk – People like maybe Owen Pablo getting hurt on that kind of a game. Uh, I just I thought that was, uh, uh, to me, it was a head-scratcher. All right. Players of the game, guys. Player of the game. Who's your player of the game? My player of the game? I'm going to go with Tank. I mean, Tank, Tank Bigsby is going to be my player of the game. Yeah, there, there are a couple of arguments you can make. Jarquez Hunter scored three touchdowns. Sure. Tank had uh, multiple touchdowns and led the team in rushing. Robbie Ashford kind of burst onto the scene and made a name for himself. Uh, Cam Riley led the team with 15 tackles. That's the most he – well, it, that's more than he had all of last season when he was the second-string linebacker. So uh, there are a lot of guys. Who's your player, Steve? Well, Brent, you, you got uh, – to me, the three-way tie. Tank and – Mr. Bobby Ashford and Mr. Cam Riley. Good yeah. combination of guys. Yeah, they had great performances. Oh. Yeah, and I was kind of, a, kind of surprised by who Coach Harzen uh, picked as his uh, players of the game. Did you see who he had? Yeah, offensive player of the game, I believe, was Tank Bigsby. I think right. his uh, defensive player of the game was Cam Riley. Special teams player of the game was Jarquez Hunter. Offensive lineman of the week for Auburn was Brandon Council. Defensive lineman was Colby Wooden. All right, well, he failed to mention a guy that, uh, according to the pro football focus uh, grading, uh, was the only person who scored uh, almost you know, into the NFL uh, uh, level. Uh, and he scored 84.3, and that was Mr. Leota. Yeah, I, I, I will say, Steve, don't pay – don't – Put too much stock into the uh, the grading of Pro Football Focus. They're they're good, but they are certainly not the be all end all. And 
Eku did play well. Eku did play well, but Cam Riley definitely overshadowed him, I think. Yeah. Well, according to their rating, uh, Tate Bigsby was a 92.3, and he graded the highest of all the quarterbacks in the country for this past weekend. Did you see that? Saw that he that some metric had him uh, having the most broken tackles, uh, which was pretty impressive. So that's not shocking. I think Tank played very well. And look, we all know how talented Tank is. And moving forward, I hope that he can continue to show that against better teams. Okay, so let's talk about what did we see uh, in this game. Uh, I I thought overall the team played good, but not excellent. And I was really uh, disappointed to see not the level, I guess, of aggressiveness. Uh, when it came to the uh, uh, the pass rush, I know we did excellent on the uh, uh, on the running uh, part, but uh, the, the pass rush guys, I just thought, you know, was not what I uh, was hoping to see. Uh, we only got one sack, and that surprised me. Uh, the camp did excellent on tackles, but guys, uh, were you disappointed or not? As I was uh, regarding a uh, lack of turnovers and really only one sack against a team called Mercer. Uh, I, I was not super disappointed by the pass rush. I understand wanting more sacks, but I think the pass rush was fine. Mercer's quarterback is a really good athlete. He escaped three or four tackles for loss and made something happen. Uh, turnovers, you know, this is going to sound like an excuse, but turnovers are largely luck-based, and Auburn was not trying to force that, uh, fumbles especially. Uh, so I think the pass rush is going to be fine. I think I think that athletic quarterbacks are going to be out, able to outrun 250-pound linemen, uh, and that just happens in this game sometimes. And I think that Auburn's pass rush is going to be fine. That said, Steve, and I will agree a lot with what Brent was saying right there, the very first thing that Coach Harson said today, uh, speaking with reporters, was that Auburn lost the turnover battle, and they cannot do that in bigger games and expect to win. They turned the ball over twice on the interceptions, and the defense did not come up with a turnover. Brant is totally right. A lot of times those can come and be luck-based, but you've got to find a way to get turnovers defensively, and Auburn didn't do that on Saturday. Right. So I hope that uh, hopefully is going to be addressed and corrected in the upcoming game. Yeah. So speaking of uh, what uh, didn't go too well, Mr. Finley, up until those two, years, two picks that he threw – he was 8 of 9, and I said, man, he's doing really great. In fact, I saw, uh, to me, what I thought was really an improvement in his uh, ability to uh, read the defense and to take his time, not to act like he was rushed, you know. And uh, I just thought he did well, and then bingo. Now, uh, I know you guys are familiar with the guys called uh, the War Rapport. Yeah. Blogs. Yep. Uh, I, I listened to their uh, podcast after the game, their, their comments. If you haven't listened to them, I think they make some excellent points. Uh, but they all said this, guys. They thought that Philly did play well until those two picks. But they said, this is do or die week, they said, for Mr. Finley in terms of being the starter. Uh, that he's going to have to show uh, in this coming upcoming game that what happened uh, this past weekend against Mercer can never happen again. And that, is, that that was an anomaly. And it's not a pattern. Yeah. Otherwise, then it looks like they feel really, really uh, ecstatic, to say the least, about uh, Bobby, uh, Ashford uh, going ahead and yeah. taking over the reins. Ashford's so dynamic. You've, it, it's got to be do-or-die time for T.J. Finley. Like This, this is an opportunity uh, to see what he can do this week, and I think a lot of people are stressing that, and we'll see how, how he improves. I mean, we've seen some turnovers over his career so far, and he had two more of them 
on Saturday. So uh, I'm really curious to see how much pride TJ takes in the film room this week and and being able to take another step forward. I mean, a bad decision on one of the interceptions uh, and then a bad read were the two breakdowns that Harson gave again uh, for Saturday's game against Mercer. I guess you may have seen or heard his comment when you asked about that, and his quote was, it won't happen again. Yeah, he guaranteed it. He was uh, pretty matter-of-fact when he said, said that. Six then, foot seven, TJ uh, Finley staring down all of us in the media room after the fact. It was a uh, yeah, big uh, guy. You guys, this: if you are the opponent playing Auburn this come several weeks, who do you fear playing against? Is it Ashford or is it TJ Finley? Tom. If you're San Jose State, who do you fear playing against more? Uh, I, I fear Robbie Ashford more just because he's got the dynamics with his legs. Uh, and I think it's unproven with the arm. Now, we did see some great – we saw the passing from him. But I but I think Robbie Ashford brings a different dynamic to that offense than T.J. Finley does. And so, if I'm San Jose State, I'm more worried about that because – uh, I can I can load the lineup and shut and try to shut the run down and force Auburn to beat me throwing with TJ Finley. But if you have Ashford back there and he brings that other dynamic in there, it, it's going to be hard to load the line and stop Tank and Jarquez when you have a quarterback that also has a dynamic running ability. Brent, if you're San Jose State preparing for Auburn, are you more worried about TJ Finley or Robbie Ashford? Uh, if I'm San Jose State, I'm I'm worried about both of them because I'm San Jose State playing Auburn. But uh, <laughs> I, I think. It's an interesting question because I think TJ brings more of one thing. Robbie brings more of one thing. And I think if I – just looking at the players, I think I fear Robbie more because, like Tom said, he does give you that option of it's another player that you have to defend. With TJ, you're not worried about him taking off and running. Uh, And it's, it's easier to scheme against even if it's harder to stop. Uh, with Robbie, you have to ha- you have to play eleven on eleven rather than ten uh, eleven on ten, uh, and it just becomes a little bit harder. So for the sake of purely defending that, I'll say Robbie. Um, and I have said I've said this again. I'll say this again. Robbie was not asked to throw the ball the same way TJ was. Uh, TJ had harder throws. TJ had a, not a di- not a completely different offense, but certainly a simpler offense. Uh, and I'm, I need to see Robbie make those throws that TJ was asked to make and did uh, before I fully buy into him as the starting quarterback. Steve, give us your last thought. I've got other callers sure. to get to. Well, I was pleasantly surprised and pleased to see, I think, what to me was a noticeable improvement in our receivers. Yes. Uh, in their routes, in their pass catching, and the guys on War Report said that this was, to them, a vindication that uh, the – Issues were not so much about our receivers last year being just really uh, bad, but rather maybe it's more things about Bo Nix. Because here they said they made, they, they kind of said they, we don't hate Bo Nix, but we just didn't think he was a five star uh, quarterback. And they said uh, on the game against Georgia, that supposedly he was uh, playing with a one of the best offensive lines, uh, according to all the pundits, uh, with Oregon's um, you know, offensive line, and he still struggled. Uh, with getting the ball, that said, couldn't even score one touchdown. So I thought I saw an improvement uh, with our uh, our receivers uh, in, in the way that they, you know, made uh, a lot of routes and the way they, they they broke free. Yes, it was against Mercer. And just real quickly, you know, maybe it's not a fair comparison right now with Finley and with Ashford because one only threw seven attempts, and the other guy threw a lot more. 
Uh, so I'd like to see a better sample uh, uh, with that. All right. With that having said, guys, you know where we're favored over the weekend, right, uh, for this coming game? By a lot of points. By a lot of points. 22 and a half. 22 and a half. There you go. Okay. So here I go again. I'm $1,100 down to the bookies. You ready to make your pick now, or you want to wait until later in the week? No. No, I'm making it now. Okay, go for it. And then we got to go. Okay. My pick is I'm taking Auburn again. I haven't learned my lesson. Minus 22 and a half against San Jose State. We've got to improve, and we can't let these garbage touchdowns give you these bad breaks. If you want a really bad break, listen to the video if you didn't watch it with Van Pell. You don't want to be the Bethune-Cookman uh, person who, who didn't have them. You know, they broke they, – they, 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 uh, they, uh, they beat the, the, the line, right? Yeah. They were losing 42-7 to in the fourth quarter and beat the spread of minus 9.5. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Stabby, have a good day, Stabby. Steve. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day. You have the rest of the day. I hope this goes smoothly and relaxing for you. I want to hear from the other callers. Uh, and uh, call me out on everything I said. I'm willing to take the uh, the beat down, the bad beats. Uh, but that's it. I got it, guys. I'm out of here. Until next time, War Damn Eagle, guys. War Eagle. That's our good buddy, retired War Damn Steve, joining us on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 9 Next up. Real Deal from Coosa County. Real Deal from Coosa County on the program with us. What's up, Real Deal? Hey, man. How y'all doing? I'm great. How are you? It's good to hear from you again. It's All been right, a little bit. I hadn't uh, talked to y'all in a minute because I've been just sitting back just observing things, you know, but I told y'all a while back, and I told you that Bo Nix is not no five-star quarterback. I want to really open saying here is Bo Nix made all kind of excuses for that game. Now, they just hired the Auburn coach. And I'm going to ask y'all, who was the Auburn quarterback last year? Bo Nix to start the year and then T.J. Finley after he got hurt. No, it was Oregon's, no. Oregon's, oh, Oregon's quarterback. quarterback. Who was the Auburn quarterback last year? Who was Oregon's quarterback? I can't remember Justin his name. Herbert had gone off to the yeah. NFL. Okay. T- and Tyler Shuck right. was already at Texas Tech. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this question. Is he still there or has he transferred? No, he is not still there. It's between Bo Nix and a true freshman uh, vying okay. for the he's job at Oregon. Well, see, I don't understand uh, living for Oregon because if uh, Bo Nix didn't do nothing for Auburn for three years, he wasn't going to do nothing for Auburn. Bo Nix, I talked to some Auburn players. I won't call their name, but they played on the team. They said, Bo Nix is cocky. He's got a hot head, and he really does what he wants to do. So this is my prediction, and I'm not a head coach. If Landon don't change Bo Nix, go with the freshman, the water boy, Chile, or somebody, he's going to ruin those people's season. See, and see, if Auburn was ranked number 11, and, and you guys can come in on all this when I hang up. If Auburn was ranked number 11, surely they was better than that. Yes, Georgia was good, but they give a lot to Georgia. The only touchdown Georgia let them score was when they touched down at the Atlanta airport. If Bo Nix was as good as he's saying he is, and there's no excuse for Bo Nix, he, he played with Auburn for three years, and he gives it to Auburn, he does the same thing. Now, Auburn was not a bad team. Yes, Georgia's good, but Auburn gives Georgia all he wants. Now, about our team down there at Auburn, 
I know y'all want to think I'm crazy. When I give you these comments, I'm going to hang up and then I want to get you guys comments, but I want all the Auburn fans to hear this. Finley is not your answer. Finley should move to tight end or somebody and somewhere and be our biggest tight end in ACC. Finley, he's going to get us beat. He's really going to get us beat. What I hate about Finley, I met Finley at the fan day. Finley's a big guy, big guy. Why Finley can't run sometimes? He's an intimidating guy if you see him in person. Finley is not our answer. The other quarterback in there, he could be our answer. He can run. He throws pretty good. I know that the competition wasn't that big, but if Finley throwing an interception against Mercer, just imagine when we get in the SEC. Finley is... Not all else. I know y'all figure, uh, we a big, we ain't heard from you in a long time. Now you coming and you, you know, bashing everybody. No, I'm not bashing everybody. That's why I call myself a real deal. I'm telling it like it is, and it's going to hit a lot of other fans' fitness. Finley isn't all else. Finley, like I say, should move to tie in. Bo Nick should step to the side, let the other quarterback see what he can do. Auburn is not a bad team, but see, everybody gave all the credit to Georgia. Yes, Georgia's good, but Auburn was better. Auburn was better than what the commentary and everybody give them. They wouldn't have been ranked number 11 just coming in there. I think Auburn won, what, 10 or 11 games last year? Yeah, they had a pretty good season last year. Okay, come on. Now, you're going to bring... A loser in there from the Southeastern Conference and let him be your starter? Mm-mm. I'm not a head coach. I've only played He was pretty good level. before he got hurt last year, real deal. No, I don't think so. You know what I know about Bo Nix? And then I'm going to hang up and then I'm going to get you guys coming. Okay, he was 6-2 and two before uh, he got hurt. The quarterback that Jordan brought in, these quarterbacks go through their mechanics. Don't mix when he throw that long pass. He had a running back open in the flat. I watched the game three times. He had a running back wide open. One of the commentators said he's not going through his progressions. I know y'all may put what progressions mean. You look at your wide receivers, you look at your running backs, you see what's the best choice for the quarterback in the team. Don't mix goes for the gusto every time they get out there. He, he plays uncontrolled. He's not consistent. And if Landon don't do nothing about him, he's going to ruin the Auburn season. I'm going to hang up and get you guys comments from all you. Thank you for the call, Real Deal. Good to hear from you. 334-887-3401. It has been a really long time since we have heard from Real Deal, so glad to have him back on the program. Uh, we're quickly going into a Bo Nix at Oregon breakdown, um, which is fine to do. Uh, I also want to make sure we point out the fact that, yes, there's a lot of Bo Nix discussion here, but who honestly, honestly thought that Georgia was going to be that dominant again to start this? I mean, we just went that entire phone call and not much praise at all for what Georgia was able to do on a defense <coughs> Look, that won the national championship well, that, last year. And that's, and that's the thing is I, I, I'm not – with Bo Nix, I'm not going to just completely like say, oh, Bo Nix is terrible and everything. I want to see what Bo Nix does the rest of the way with Oregon. 
that defense that Georgia has is one of the best in the country. It was one of the best in the country last year. It's going to be one of the best. They lost a lot of guys, but they have so many great guys coming back, and they're reloading. They are they are going to be one of the best, if not the best defense in the country. Period. And so I, let's see what Bo Nix does the rest of the way. I, I don't I don't know that it's fair to judge Bo Nix by what you saw against this defense because he's not going to see a defense anywhere remotely close to what he saw against Georgia the rest of the way. I mean, nobody will. I don't yeah. think. Uh, Oregon had a million problems in that game. Bo Nix was was one he of was them. He was one of them. He didn't play great. But uh, it's so weird to me that he played in a Gus Malzahn offense for two years, had the issues, got so much better in Brian Harson's offense, and then went to go play for a guy from the Malzahn coaching tree uh, in Kenny Dillingham, uh, who learned under Mike Norvell, who learned under Gus Malzahn. That's your connection. He was also uh, Auburn's OC for a year. He was Auburn's OC under Gus Malzahn in 2019, yes. which so was both freshman, freshman year. The, there are things about that offense that drive me insane. One of them is that every passing play is based off of pre-snap reads. If you have a guy going deep and it's a one-on-one, you're going to throw that deep ball. It is mandatory that you throw it. You, it there is no progression. It is you, you get locked on on that guy and you throw it deep. Uh, and that shouldn't that, that's not 21st century offense, but it is Gus's offense. Um, also, Bo Nix is halfway across the country now. I, I'm kind of tired of sitting here and defending yeah. him. So let's let's talk about Auburn. I, I'll talk about Auburn. Bo Nix isn't here anymore. I'm, I'm not interested in talking about him. Auburn takes on San Jose State this upcoming week. Uh, Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks. They've got an FCS opponent in Eastern Washington. Uh, we'll see how Bo Nix fares against that squad and how Auburn fares against San Jose State. Your thoughts are welcome. 334-887-3401. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sports Call AU. Back in a moment. Tiger 95.9 FM. JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, Brooks Childress. Your thoughts are welcome. Auburn is 1-0 on the season. They defeated Mercer on Saturday 42-16 inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. We have already heard from retired Ward Amp Steve. We've also gotten a phone call from Real Deal from Coosa County. And we want to get your phone calls. So call in and chat with us. 334-887-3401. As we go back to the phone lines right now, guys, and joining us on the program... Terry from Auburn. Terry from Auburn, formerly from Talladega, now joins us here on Sports Call. Good afternoon, Terry. Happy Labor Day to you, sir. Happy Labor Day to all y'all. How y'all doing today? Very well. Doing great. Fantastic. Guys, uh, I, before I... Look, I want to comment on Auburn and, and, and TJ Finley, but let me say something about Bo Nix, please, real quick. Uh, that kid had so much success as a youth, it was impossible for him to live up to it, quite honestly. He was probably the most dominant, if not the best high school football player I ever saw. So take it for what it's worth. I mean, he's never going to get any better. You know why he's not going to get any better? Because he was the best he's ever going to get in his senior year at Pinson Valley High School. By the way, he made me proud to be an alumnus to Pinson Valley High School in 1985. <laughs> so, I mean, 
that just I'm just I'm just saying that that's as good as that kid ever going to get. Now let's get on T.J. Finley. There's another guy. He's he, he's never going to get any better, guys. I realize he's probably going to start. Definitely not the same. Uh, hey, Terry, 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 let me let me interrupt you real quick. Okay. Terry looked better yesterday than he looked for the the entirety of his college career. He made mistakes, but other than those mistakes, he looked pretty good. Okay, let me ask you this. If he throws two interceptions against Mercer, what's he going to do against Alabama or Texas A&M or Georgia? Well, hopefully fix those mistakes before those games happen. Okay, do you really believe that? If you do, i got a piece of property I want to talk to you about. I think it's possible that it could happen. I'm not saying it's going to. Mm. Well, that, that Saturday was a clear-cut case. And I talked to a bunch of people who were at the game. A clear-cut case of, of somebody that's more in love with what they want than what they need, and that's Brian Harson. Uh, T.J. Finley gets everybody lined up correctly, gets them in the right play, but after the snap happens, something happens to that kid. Look, T.J. Finley's a great young man, a great kid. We need The world needs more T.J. Finleys. But the fact is, something just happens to him when the, the play goes, goes on. The ball snapped and somehow he falls apart. I don't know why. He's got all – he looks like Tarzan. I mean, let's just be honest. But in these days and times, you've got to have a quarterback who can move around a little bit or you're not going to win. It's that simple. I mean, you know, I know people are going to bring up, you know, Tom Brady and all those guys drop back passers. That's fine. But until Brian Harson can build the kind of offensive line that he needs, he better have a guy who can move around. And that's just that's just the the, the long and short of it. I just I just worry that he's falling in love with what he wants. And it's if, if, if T.J. Finley's the quarterback from here on out, then Brian Harson better be making some moving arrangements. Hey, Terry, I will challenge you. Go back and rewatch that game and watch the throw, watch the passes where T.J. Finley did not get picked off. Because mm-hmm. he looks very, very good on those snaps. Against Mercer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're coming on here and saying that Robbie Ashford deserves to be the starter because of what he did against Mercer. Uh, because he makes things happen. I agree. I agree. That's, that's, uh, that, I totally agree with that. But he makes things happen. And y'all all just said that moments ago. Well, I, I, you know, I think that uh, Robbie Ashford brings the, the leg dynamic into it that TJ doesn't. But you uh, have to have. Uh, you don't have to have it, but I mean, it, it brings a different dynamic to things. Uh, I'm gonna. I just want to let things play out and see how TJ does. Uh, I think it's uh, the best thing to do. Yeah. Um. I, I, TJ did not do anything in that game to lose the job. Um. The he had the two picks. One was just a bad throw. One was a bad throw, but it was also from a bad snap that kind of threw things off. Um. You know, I, I want to see how he does the rest of the way. If he's the guy, then he's the guy. And if Robbie shows that he's the guy, then then we'll go with that way. But there's a reason Harson put TJ in there as the starter and not Robbie. And so you just I have to trust what Brian Harson has, has got on his mind right now. I just I just got a feeling he's never gonna put it all together. He he's got it all he's got it everything everything is right front in front of him. And he is, he's won the starting job. We all can agree on that. That's not agree. That's a fact, actually. But I just think Robbie Ashford's going to be a better quarterback because he brings that dynamic. And until Brian Harson can build the kind of offensive line that he needs at Auburn, whether he's going to have a chance, we don't know. But until, until he can do that, he's going to have to have someone who can move around a little bit and get 70 yards rushing, which is about what Robbie Ashford had, right? Something like that, yeah. I think it's 68 was what he finished with. Most of that came on the one 40-some-odd yeah, yard run. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you, you're going to have to have that element nowadays because – I think personally, because okay, let me let me ask you, Tom. The, uh, Auburn's recent success on offense, go back to Cam Newton, Nick Marshall. It was quarterbacks who could do what? They could turn a negative into a positive. Sure. They haven't done well with it when they went away from that. They haven't. Yeah, right, I, I, I'll, I'll point to 2017 seasons, and Jarrett Stidham, but fair enough. Go ahead. If you want to have a bunch of seven and five, six and six seasons, that's fine. 
But that's the kind of quarterback you're going to have to have at Auburn because the success proves it. The history proves it. That, that, that's, that, that is what works. So, now, I agree with, you know, y'all said earlier, Bo Nix got better under Brian Harson. If he had time to work with him, he could have gotten a lot better. But Bo Nix is not there. T.J. Finley is. Um, so, I, I just, guys, I just don't, you're just, you're just prolonging the inevitable. And then you give, give, give T.J. Finley a chance to get Sohan San Jose State, give him a chance to get Penn State. Penn State looked pitiful um, the other night. I, I yeah, they, 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 they did not look very good. Them. They did not look very good. I think Auburn can score it on them and score it at will. Uh, they, I think they can run the ball. They don't have a Micah Parsons on that defense. That's no. right. So, but I mean, Micah Parsons are there in the world. So exactly. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't see it. I think it's time to, to just, just wash your hands of it and say, this is, this is it, guys. This is, this is his. He's got everything in front of him, and and he has to look. But I don't care if he pointed his finger and, and the crowd up. You, you might comment a while ago, or real deal comment a while ago. If team, if Tim Tebow had had decided that I'm going to be a tight end, not a quarterback. He'd be trying on one of those gold jackets right about now, because he. Just, but he was so selfish, and he and, and I, I just felt like that was not, totally not said enough. He said, "I'm a quarterback. That's what I've always been. Well, it doesn't matter what you've always been." You know. Well, it, Tim Tebow did try to be a tight end in the NFL, and it didn't go very well. He didn't make it out of the preseason. Yeah, yeah and you know, too late in his career too, right? Yeah, he was. He was about 28 at the time, I think, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, funny we're saying 28's old. I'll take 28 any day of the week. But I just I think we're prolonging the inevitable with with T.J. Finley guys. Uh, I I think until Brian Harson can build that offensive line the way he needs to, then then you're gonna have to have a guy who can move around a little bit. And I just think again you're gonna you're you're gonna make excuses for him, and that's fine. But again, we're just gonna see the same thing in San Jose State we saw against Mercer, and then then he starts the Penn State game, and you know, Lord knows what he'll get us behind and Ashford to bring us back. And that's just that's just the facts, guys. This is not my opinion. He's, uh, this is the opinion of. of Dozens and dozens of people I saw leaving the stadium Saturday night. That he just doesn't have it. There's just something that happens to that kid when the ball is snapped. There's something that happens when there's 90,000 people watching him and, and three dozen cameras on him. There's just something that just something goes wrong because he has all the tools. He has all the ability and the tools. We, we can all agree on that. Yeah. So. Thanks for the call today, Terry. We appreciate it. That's uh, Terry from Auburn, formerly from Talladega, joining us on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 TJ Finley with two interceptions on Saturday against Mercer. Earlier today, Brian Harson did point out the fact one of the interceptions he felt was a poor decision by TJ trying to fit it into a tight window, and another was very poor fundamentals when Finley threw it off of his back foot. Those were the coach's breakdown of the two interceptions that took place from T.J. Finley, and those were the two turnovers. You look at just protecting the football. If we're keeping score between the two guys there, T.J. Finley, two turnovers. Robbie Ashford didn't have any turnovers on Saturday. Again, it's also, like you said, Tom, earlier, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy uh, for the depth chart against San Jose State. Robbie Ashford is still listed as the backup quarterback, but Coach Arson said both of these guys will play on Saturday against San Jose State. Well, Brant was mentioning this off the air, but uh, Robbie had one that should have been picked off. Yeah. Yeah, there was, in, in that fourth quarter, it was caught by Shanker, but it just went through the hands of the linebacker. Uh, so, it, it Robbie, he also threw about half as many passes as Finley did. So, if you're going on, I think, 9 versus 15, something like that, he had one that should have been picked off. He had one in half the time that Finley had two. So, let's not declare this thing over yet is all I'm saying. 
A lot of time left to go. A lot of football left to be played on the season. At least we saw a football game. And Auburn won. They won the game at the end of the day. The Tigers are 1-0 on the season. We have reached the end of hour number one of Sports Call here today. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour of the Bucks, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app inside the studio. My name is JJ Jackson alongside Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry. We hope that you are doing very well on this Monday, a Labor Day Monday and we're glad to have you here with us on the radio program today. Your thoughts are welcome. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 if you want to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, we do this uh, where we take your phone calls after victories, after performances from Auburn. We take your phone calls all the time. And joining us now on the Auburn Bank phone line, we would love to go there and give us a call today. We've got... James from Montgomery. James has called into the program today. Auburn 1-0 on the season, and James has given us a phone call. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, we are 1-0, but uh, who will be starting in week two when we play against San Jose State? What quarterback do you see actually stepping up? Besides T.J. Finley. Well, James, I think T.J. Finley is going to be the starting quarterback again this week for the uh, the Auburn Tigers. Brian Harson didn't say anything about changing the starting quarterback uh, in his presser today. Uh, I do think you're still going to see Robbie Ashford in some uh, in the game, and you know you didn't see him this past week, but potentially maybe you see Zach Calzada later in the game if if the Tigers can build a big enough lead. But I think that mainly you're going to see T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford are going to be the two quarterbacks out there for the Auburn Tigers this weekend against San Jose. Yeah, because I was listening to the game uh, last week, and I heard like some mistakes from T.J. Finley. Um, he wasn't he wasn't what he expected to be, so he was dropping a lot of passes, and a couple of those passes. One was very interesting that he did. Um, he actually did make a pass to uh, to Tank Bixby, which was a really really good uh, pass to him as well. And I saw um, after the game was over, I was looking at some highlights. And uh, Tank Nixby, I think he looks like an NFL star. You know, I, I, I see that in him as well. 
Yeah, he's a really, really good running back. He had some good runs, led the team in rushing this past weekend, and you know he, he's got a chance to uh, you know going forward in the future, looking at an NFL career. But you know we hope as Auburn fans, you hope he sticks around at Auburn for a little bit longer. Yeah, so um, you know with the NFL uh, future, I think he might want to play with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the uh, Carolina Panthers or the Pittsburgh Steelers, just to name those three. Those three teams off the off the um, off the draft board in twenty twenty four. You don't think he'd want to play with his home state Atlanta Falcons? Um, well, I was looking at the Atlanta Falcons, but I mean he could. But I mean, it's going to be kind of it, it will be a kind of easy thing for him because I know he's from Atlanta, Georgia, so that would be uh, where he wants to stay as well. So he has a lot of ties to. Uh, the Atlanta Roots as well. So if he wants to play with the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, he's going to be a good fit for uh, Marcus Mariota as well. Yeah, he's from LaGrange right there, uh, kind of surrounding the Atlanta area, but that would be his home state team for him to get to play for. So we'll see that. But this, what we like is that we've got 11 more games this season that Tank Bigsby wears the Auburn football jersey. So already scored two touchdowns this past weekend, and he's making some really good runs. Yes, as well, because, I mean, um, he's making really good runs, but I'm going to see how we're going to improve when we play against San Jose State because I was watching uh, San Jose State uh, last week, and I was looking at their quarterback, and I think we might uh, we might stop their quarterback this, this weekend as well. So I'm just going to see how T.J. Finley is going to, you know, what he's going to do on offense and what our defense is really going to do as well yeah the uh the, the san jose state quarterback is a transfer in from hawaii you can really move around we saw that a lot last week when they played portland state almost mm-hmm. lost that game to portland state they, they had to come back and win it in the very last little bit of that game and so he, he's gonna he's a guy that's gonna move around a lot and you really hope that the Auburn defense is gonna be able to be uh go through practice week this week and get prepared for a, a very mobile quarterback coming in Yes. Now, with the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide actually playing Tennessee, do you think that Nick Saban will win that game, or do you think that he's going to lose that game this weekend against uh, Tennessee? I mean, against Texas. Excuse me. It's going to be an epic game. I think it's always fun when those two teams meet up. Uh, when we get the chance to see Alabama and Texas go head to head, and when Texas joins the SEC, I think we'll get to see it more frequently than that. You also have the angle of Steve Sarkeesian being the head coach for the Longhorns and a former Alabama offensive coordinator under Nick Saban. However, I just think Alabama's too good, James. I think Alabama is going to be able to knock off Texas. Yeah, because I know they're going to be playing against Texas A&M, and that's going to be a hard. That's going to be a tough game for Alabama. So I'll probably see Alabama losing that one. And Jimbo Fisher, he has a really good quarterback. So I think uh, when they actually play against Texas A&M, I think Alabama that would be their first loss of the season against Texas A&M as well. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out and that sort of thing. Tell me something else on your mind. Well, I'm actually counting the days down to week one of the NFL football season of seeing my Tampa, uh, seeing my Dallas Cowboys actually playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we do have a new player that we just added to our roster as well. He used to play for 
the Philadelphia Eagles, so he's not a Philadelphia Eagle uh, player anymore. So he went from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Dallas Cowboys. So he'll be playing. He will start week one uh, alongside uh, Dak Prescott as well. So he is going to be a really good uh, offensive lineman on the offensive side of the ball as well. What's his name, James? Um, I do not know for sure. It's a random uh, player, but I don't know his name for sure. I don't have any. Um, I don't have the list in front of me. Yeah, his name. The, uh, Jason Peters is his name. He's a really good offensive tackle uh, that's coming over to join your team. Do you know how old he is? He is forty years old. He's forty, James. Like you said, he's really old. Yes, yeah, so he hey, will no. be the. <laughs> yes, he will be the oldest player in. Cowboys roster history to actually be 40 years old as well. And we did, back in the day, we did have some players that were in their 40s or some players were in their 30s back in the late 60s and early 70s as well. And it's game week for the Cowboys. I mean, the NFL season starts at the end of this week. That's really exciting. Yes, as well. And then um, I'm actually watching... Uh, tonight, I'm actually watching Georgia Tech and uh, Clemson, so I have Georgia Tech favored to win in Atlanta. So that's going to be a really good, a really good game as well. And I'll probably see Georgia Tech actually being in the college playoffs as well. You think they can make it there, Georgia Tech, to the college football playoffs? Yes, I do think. I actually think I have high praise for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets because I think with the uh, with the four-team uh, selection that's coming in this coming up year and then next few years down the line, they're not going to do the four-team selection. They're going to take it from four teams to 12-team selection in 2026 as well. You're right. They are expanding the college football playoff. It's going to be a 12-team model, and uh, we're pretty excited about that, that more teams will get the opportunity to be there. Yes, and then when they do those 12 teams, out of those 12 teams, they're going to pick two neutral sites. And I think Auburn might be in that 12, um, in that, in that 12 league bracket as well. And I think if we, if we make that 12 team of the college football playoffs, I think Auburn might play like Ohio State or Michigan or, uh, Notre Dame, just to name a few teams right off the board as well. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Those are obviously very far away, a lot of years away from that taking place. But, uh, man, I can't wait for uh, it to expand a little bit and more teams to get the opportunity to play in the playoff. Yes, as well. And then over the weekend, I actually saw two good, good classic matchups. I saw one that was on the NFL Network. It was one of the best events from Canton, Ohio. It was it was one to watch, and I mean, history was being made over over Sunday night uh, game in Canton, Ohio. And I saw another one in Montgomery on national TV. It was one of the musty uh, late night um, games to actually then watch, and it was so amazing to see Fort Valley State beat Tuskegee as well. And I wish them the best of luck on their journey on the 2022 season as well. Yeah, anytime you can see those HBCUs put together great performances like that, it's always rewarding and, and fun to watch. So uh, any final thoughts for us today, James? Um, oh, yes, I do have uh, one final thought as well. Coming up next 
uh, I'll just say like down the line in the near future, the NFL Network will be hosting for the very first time. They're going to be hosting the HBCU Scouting Combine from um, from New Orleans, Louisiana. So you might see a lot of new players that might want to put their uh, put their talents to good use, and it's going to be a really really good um, thing that's going to happen in uh, in. New Orleans, Louisiana, in a in a few years from now as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, James, we always appreciate hearing from you. What kind of trivia do you want later in the week? Um, I'll I'll probably write it out and I'll just send it. Oh, I think that works. All right, we'll talk to you then. Okay. All right, sounds good. And War Eagle, War Eagle, that's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us there on the program. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. Auburn football, a winner, forty two to sixteen over Mercer, as they were able to start the season off with a one and zero record. All right, before we go to our first break this hour, we do this each and every day. It's time for birthdays. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. Indeed, it is time for today's birthdays in sports here on Monday, September fifth. 2022. Let's give a couple of birthday shout-outs here today. Brooks Childress. Yeah. Let me give you a couple of birthday shout-outs before we get into the sports variety, if that's All okay. Right. That's You're the man here. Would love to give a happy birthday shout-out to Mr. Greg Lavoie, Ryan's father, one of our Sports Call co-hosts. Father is celebrating his birthday today, so happy birthday to Papa Lavoie. I hear they're going to a, a a restaurant to get quote some meat tonight, which is an amazing birthday to uh, to celebrate there. And then another happy birthday. Let's give a happy birthday to Eric McDade, our buddy Eric McDade from Heck State yeah. Farm, covering the bases. We'll be back soon. So happy birthday to Eric McDade. Hope he's covering all the birthday bases. Exactly. Today. Exactly. That you get the day off on your birthday, right? Pretty like, good stuff. And it, it's not. It's like an extra day off. Pretty too. remarkable stuff. All right. Tell me. Uh, Tell me some birthdays in sports today, Brooks. All right. We'll start out in the uh, in the baseball world. Turning 85 is a former second baseman for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Bill, I'm going to butcher the last name, Mazarowski. You got it. Ah, look at that. Mazarowski centered, or entered pro baseball at 17 years old in 1955 and made his major league debut with the Pirates a year later. He would spend his entire 16-year career in Pittsburgh with those Pirates and made his name as one of the best defensive players in baseball. He's a 10-time All-Star, 8-time Gold Glover, 2-time World Series champion. Is number 9 is retired by those Pittsburgh Pirates and he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame back in 2001. His 299 on-base percentage is the lowest of any Hall of Famer. How about that? That's pretty... Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, it is a good thing for you because you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But it's like, look, I've set the bar. My on-base percentage was 299 and everybody else, you've got to at least have a greater than 299 on-base percentage because uh, that's not great. Uh, but hey, Hall of Famer. Happy birthday, Bill Mazeroski. Turning 32 today is an NBA forward currently with the Indiana Pacers. Lance Stevenson. Lance will make him dance. Happy birthday. Stevenson was a top player in the class of 2009 and was named Mr. Basketball for the state of New York. He played college ball at Cincinnati Cats. Bearcats, that is. And in his only season in college, Stevenson started 32 of 34 games and averaged 12.3 points, 5.4 rebounds per game, and was named the Big East Rookie of the Year. Declared for the 2010 NBA Draft and was taken 40th overall by those Pacers. He has bounced around the league and is currently back with his third stint in Indiana. How about that? 
They Lance keep Stevenson. sending them away and bringing them back and sending them away and bringing them back. Happy birthday, Lance Stevenson. Happy birthday. Lance Stevenson also gave us the great uh, gif of the blowing the uh, air, blowing into LeBron's ear. Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. What a great guy. Turning 33 today is a guard for the Washington Mystics of the WNBA, Ella, du- uh, Ella El- Elena Del Don. Elena Del Don. That's yeah. that that name. Della Dawn was born in Delaware and led her high school team to three straight champion, state championships. She's considered the number one overall recruit in the country, the class of 2007. She played college basketball at Delaware. I don't think I've said this before, but go Blue Hens. And while she never won a championship, she led the Blue Hens to deep runs in the tournament of all four years. She was taken second overall in 2013 by the Chicago Sky and is now playing for the Mystics. She is a six-time All-Star, two-time MVP, four-time All-WNBA first-teamer, and one-time WNBA champion. Were you laughing, JJ, at Deladon played at Delaware? Everything. Were you, were you yeah, laughing and just at that? His pronunciation as he was trying... I mean, this I got is a, Mazarowski, this is a, and this I know, is the this one is I This is a two-time WNBA MVP, best player in the league. And let's hear her name, Brooks. Elena Deladon. There you go. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! I was trying to mix up. I was trying to flip the last two names. We're fine. Turning 24 today is a guard for the Sacramento Kings. Davion Mitchell, 24 years old. Mitchell was born in Georgia. Was a four-star recruit. Signed with Auburn War Eagle in 2019. And was a backup of the 2019 on the 2019 Final Four team. He transferred to Baylor and was uh, after one season in Auburn and led the 2021 Bears to an NCAA championship. He was named an All-American and won several Defensive Player of the Year awards. He entered the 2001 draft and was taken ninth overall by the Kings, Davion Mitchell, turning 24 years old today. Happy birthday, Davion. Also, a few more birthdays to highlight. Don't have a big bio for these guys, but turning 22 today is a wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns. Played his college ball at Auburn, War Eagle, Anthony Schwartz. Happy birthday. Flash. Flash. 22 years old today. He's fastest, very fast. Fastest player uh, I've ever seen. That dude is different. He can, is, he having can some move. trouble catching the ball, though. Uh, apparently, he didn't have a very good preseason, but the Browns are keeping him on. Yeah. So, Turning 29 years old is a player for the Brooklyn Nets. Played college ball at NC State. Go Pack. He's a 2014 ACC Player of the Year. TJ Warren is turning 29 years old today. Happy birthday. Also, turning 47 years old is a former MLB catcher, Rob Barajas. You remember that name, bro? I Brooks. do remember Rob Barajas. A 14-year MLB career, a 2001 World Series champion back with the Los Angeles Angels before they dove into... Bad things. Bad, bad things. Yeah. Persistent mediocrity. So Rob Barajas turning 47. And finally, turning 66 years old today, is a nine se- spent nine seasons on the ATP Tour. Current men's tennis head coach at Texas A&M, Steve Denton turning 66 years old, an ITA Hall of Famer as well. He was at the U.S. Open uh, this past week. They they uh, featured him because one of his former players, I don't remember his name, it was like a Greek or yeah. Eastern European guy, was uh, competing in the singles. Steve Denton, a Hall of Fame tennis player, an All-American in his playing days at Texas. Welcome. And then, as you said, nine seasons on the ATP Tour. And then all of a sudden, he's had this great coaching career for Texas A&M. A little bit different than those Longhorns so happy, across em- enemy lines. But happy birthday. Happy birthday to all of them. Happy birthday to you if it's your birthday out there. I mean, a lot of birthdays. Bill Mazeroski, Alina Deladon, Anthony Schwartz, Davion Mitchell, Lance Stevenson, TJ Warren, Rod Barajas, Steve Denton, all celebrating their birthday today, September 5th, 2022. If it's your birthday, happy birthday to you. And as always, birthdays in sports sponsored by Max Credit Union. Quick timeout. We're back in a moment. 
Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back to the Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app inside our studios. We hope that you're doing well on this Labor Day. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts and join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Our podcast is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or on the Tiger Communications app. I'm in the studio with Tom Brooks and Brant as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the next time during today's program. And joining us here on the show is none other than our good pal, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into Sports Call. Hi, Matt. I want to do it. Win, win, win. War Eagle. That's there right, buddy. War Eagle. You didn't play my song. I didn't know that I was supposed to play your song. War Eagle. You should play my song. Okay. All right. Well, here we are. Everybody say hello to Matt for us. What's up, hey, Matt? Here we hey, go. Matt. Hey, guys. What's up? How's it going? Hi, hey. Georgia put a whooping on Oregon. Yes, they, they did. did. And, like, Bama played a high school team, but they still won, though. Yeah, they I, did. They both hey, had big wins. Hey, I'm not picking Bama no more. You're not picking Bama anymore? No. Well, they won. Why wouldn't you pick Bama anymore? Because. Yeah, they'll probably win some more games, unfortunately. Hey, hey, listen. Uh, I don't think Kinsey Finley is going to be our star anymore. Asperger is a lot better than Finley did. You think so? Yeah. Asperger can run. He can run. He's very, very, very fast. He's faster than Bo Nix. He's a fast quarterback, that's for sure. But hey, Tainted Tainted is good, and Ashford scores some touchdowns. But Finley, I'm not very happy. And he's maybe ten touchdowns. That's why he didn't play the rest of the game. So I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared about the uh, about this week's game coming up because San Jose State they won their game. Well, they they barely won their game over a, a very not great uh, Portland State team. So Auburn's favored by three touchdowns already coming into this one. So I don't I don't think you should be scared about uh, San Jose State that much. Well, here's my, hey, here's my score for this game this week. Auburn 69, San Jose State 3. Well, that doesn't sound like you're very scared of them. Well, they, they're like, uh, her, Arson knows about them, though. Yeah, that's true. He's 3-1 and one all time as a head coach against San Jose State. Hey, but did you guys watch the other game? Like, it was like 16 or something. I think it was Wyoming and, like, uh... North Carolina or someone? Are you are you talking about North Carolina and App State? Yeah, man, that that was game. That game. That was, man, that was crazy. And so, so. hey, uh, did the Braves win? They did. They they beat the uh, the Marlins yesterday. The uh, the uh, the Mets lost to the Nationals, and so the Braves are now one game behind the New York Mets. They have a five game winning streak. Oh, 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 oh. that's right. That's right. Hey, hey, 
JJ. Yes, sir. Hey, so who, so who else is there, Brent? And you've been talking with Brooks. Oh, Brooks, hey, how's, hey, how's your wife doing? Uh, well, my, my fiance's doing well. We haven't gotten married just yet. It's not until April. Yeah, we, we don't get married until next April. Is she behaving? Is she behaving? She is. I don't know if I am. Well, you need to behave. Yeah, and I, Tom's behaving. Hi, Tom. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, nothing much. Hey, Brooke? Yeah. Hey, last time you went, last time I called, you were out to you and everybody $10. Yeah, uh, and Ryan gave me the message, so I, I'm, I'm going to put that together here. I got to go out and, you know, sell something to be a, get, get the money. Hey, when I move to Casita, I'll be calling you guys from Casita. Okay. Sounds good. And 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 stuff so, so but hey, listen, JJ, hey, can you play either uh I Wanna Win Win or the song from Greece when John DeVolta is singing and then Sandy is singing? I know I know the words to John DeVolta when he's singing. I mean, he sings a lot of songs with Sandy. Do you know which song in particular? When they go down in the sand. When he's on the bleakers. And like the opening scene. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try and uh, I'll try and get that for one of your next phone calls. Okay. Okay. Hey, but, so wait, where's Cam? Cam's got the. I mean, it's Labor Day. He's got the day off today. Cam's not here today, and Ryan's not here today. Can't find those twenty dollars. Alright, we'll uh, we'll make sure that they pay up next time. Hey, hey, have you talked to my man Devon Reed lately? Saw him on Saturday. Saw him on Saturday. Told him that uh you, you said hello and he said he hopes you're doing well. You tell him to be on the show next time? He's gotta work. He can't be on the show. He's gotta work. He's our recruiting coordinator for Auburn football. Hey, is Auburn right now? Not quite. Not yet. But here's your song, okay? You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Oh, great job, buddy. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Great job. All right, let's do the cheer. Five, four, three, two, one. Whoa. Eagle. Hey! 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 Eagle. Hey! 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 We'll hey, see. If I if I, if I if I'm ever in Auburn, except for that, said people are gonna ask me special bitch questions they want to, but I will fight the top and wear down a fee too. We'll see what we can make happen. See you, buddy. All right, that's our pal Matt from Tallahassee joining us here on Sports Call. We've got to take our next time out. Our show continues in a moment. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... 
Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app inside our studio. J.J. Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry. We hope that you're doing well. Auburn football, a winner. They won 42-16 over Mercer to open up the season. And a pretty great performance from Cam Riley on the defensive side of the football. Tank Bigsby was amazing out of the backfield for Auburn. Jarquez Hunter played well also. Uh, as Auburn was able to score on their very first drive of the game. Remember a drive that Auburn had a fourth down pretty early in the drive. Went for it, executed, and then they went on to score that opening drive. But uh, that backfield for Auburn, guys, they counted for five touchdowns together with Jarquez finding the end zone three times, Tank Bigsby with two. We talk about two quarterbacks. Let's talk about two running backs. What did we like out of both Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter? Uh well, so so first of all, you need both of those guys to be productive because that's what's going to make this offense go. Uh, where the running game goes is where this offense goes because you do not want Auburn to have to rely on a passing game. So uh, the thing that I like about both of those uh, is they're, they're both so similar. Um, obviously, Tank is more of that power back. He's the guy that's going to run you over, but Jarquez is not afraid to run you over. Uh, Tank showed the ability to – uh, have the nifty moves and get to the outside. Jarquez Hunter can do the same thing. So, I mean, they're very similar. Tank is obviously a little bit bigger, but they're, they're both very similar in what they can do. And you're not looking at one that is just a pure power back and one is a shifty back. They're both very versatile in what they can do. So you really don't know what you're going to get when one of them has the ball coming at you. And, and you know, the, the ability to do different things right there just makes it very difficult to tackle those guys. The other thing that I like about them is they are so difficult to bring down. And um, Tank Bigsby led the country in uh, in yards after contact. That's something else that's going to have to happen because we've talked about the the offensive line and 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 how yes they are experienced, but they've never been very good. There were some struggles with the offensive line in this game, but they but it was kind of overshadowed because the defensive line that they were facing was not very good. But the the fact that Jarquez and Tank can still take contact and not be brought down on first contact, they can break tackles and keep gaining more yards. That that's what is so crucial crucial for these guys, especially when you're behind an offensive line that may struggle at times. Yeah, I, I really like what I saw out of Tank and Jarquez in this game. I think Jarquez bulked up a little bit. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but he certainly looks bigger. He looks stronger. He's not so much just a straight-line speed guy anymore. Uh, I think that he showed off some vision in this game as well. It, he had a very short touchdown run. I think it was in the second quarter. Uh, I think it was his second touchdown. It, it was like the ball was on the one, and they just handed it to him. He bounced to a different gap than that play was supposed to go. It's a very, very, very small crease. He saw it and dove through it for the touchdown, and that was a really, really impressive play for me. Even though it, it just shows up as a one-yard touchdown run. Uh, I, I think I, I've already touched on Tank. I think he looks a little bit faster than he did last year. Uh, he's, you know, like you said, led led the country in yards after contact, led the country in broken tackles. Was this is what we all know Tank can be? Uh, he can do this against anybody. 
Uh, his ability to cut is second to none. Uh, he's, his talent level is just through the roof, and the offense is going to run through him. We've talked a lot about quarterbacks already. Regardless of who the quarterback is, they're going to be giving it to Tank a lot. Uh, and another thing about the running game that I was really impressed with, there was some real creativity with how they got Tank and Jarquez the ball, uh, with how they ran, with how they ran the offense in general. That Robbie Ashford lines up as a slot receiver. TJ takes the snap, gives it off to Robbie, and all of a sudden he's running a speed option with Tank Bigsby. Was pretty nifty. Uh, I, I love stuff like that. I love just creative offense. And, and while I don't see Auburn doing that once a game or anything like that, I think that just putting it on film and making guys work on it uh, and maybe seeing if you can get some kind of counter off of that now that you've put it on film, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I think Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter looked really good. I think that Auburn's going to continue to get them the ball in inventive ways. There were a couple of screens that they caught as well. I think that those two guys are going to—they're going to be the focus of the offense, and it's going to be up to Brian Harson and Eric Keesaw to get them the ball in more ways than just taking it from the quarterback. Brooks, it was uh, Saturday night's game. I, I think you saw—you know—when when you look at the, the two running backs, the two main running backs that you saw, Tank Bigsby. I think you saw that. Um, he, he kind of came back out in the Tank Bigsby that we know is in there. You know, he got hurt last year and, and wasn't to full strength. And, you know, that, that's going to be the big key, though, is is keeping him healthy for out, throughout this year or as healthy as you can keep a, a running back in the SEC. Um, you can't let have him miss a lot of time this year, especially early on, because you got to set the tone. And I, I think that, you know, you, you look at his performance this week, led the team in rushing, led the nation in yards after contact. Um, and it, it, that's what you're going to have to do. And especially when you, like like you guys have said, when you've had uh, issues with, you know, questions on marks on an offensive line, you're going to have guys uh, later on down the road. I don't know if you, everybody saw, I'm sure people saw the clip of uh, the Alabama game where Will Anderson came into the backfield unblocked and murdered the Utah that, State running back before that was he even had the a, ball. That was such a weird play because that's a read option like they're letting they let Anderson come through so they could read him because you know you can't block him so if you can't block the guy just read him and the quarterback just says you're taking this I want nothing to do with this guy but I mean you've got guys like that coming every single week in the when you hear the SEC and so you're going to have to run through contact you're going to have to uh you know create plays because they're they're not not always going to be there it's not always going to be a a gaping hole that you can run through for five ten yards at a time and and I think that you showed uh Bigsby did that very very well in this game I I thought that Jarquez Hunter uh like you said Brant had some good vision um only had what 34 total yards rushing on the on the day but uh still had uh three touchdowns and so was able to get those big runs in the end zone or in the uh in the red zone which is really positive because you know once you get down to that red zone you it's always you know you you know it you've got 11 guys on defense and they're all scrunched into the same area and so it's really it's a lot harder to move your offense in the red zone when you get down there because everybody's so tightly packed in there and you've only got a certain little amount area to go and so i thought that was really really good with uh with Jarquez Hunter going in there and able to find spots to run the ball able to punch it in for three uh, punch in three touchdowns on the day and able to find vision 
especially on that first touchdown run. He kind of you know cut out to the outside to the to the right side of the offense and uh, was able to fight his way into the end zone there. And I'll tell you what, I, I was really impressed. Auburn, you know, you always look at it. Auburn's always had the history of having two really good running backs uh, in that backfield. One guy's always been the feature guy, uh, and, then and then there's the secondary guy that's also really really good that doesn't always get the same amount of uh, praise. And uh, we saw it start to, l- to form last year when you saw Bigsby and uh, Hunter on the same field, and and then when injuries kind of nicked both of them up, and you you went throughout the rest of the year, you you had a little bit more difficulty seeing that. But this first game, I think you really really saw it stand out. And I'll tell you what, if if they can get that going, and you can keep that, if you can get that running game going, uh, whoever is the quarterback going forward. It, it, it's going to open up the, their passing game yep. a lot because everybody's going to be focused on those two running backs. Yeah, that, that's the big thing. It, teams are going to stack the line to try to take the run away. And if you can still keep doing that, even if they're stacking the line, it, 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 and be productive with that uh, and have just enough passing to try to loosen them up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to benefit everybody out there on the field. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, great production from the running backs. You you have to like what you see so far. Um, like I said, the big thing is being able to get to to get through that first contact because they're going to get contact. Uh, I I'm still not completely sold on the offensive line. Um, there are going to be some struggles there, especially when they face bigger and better defensive lines than they saw against Mercer. And so uh, that ability to be able to get off that first contact and and break some tackles is going to be big. Auburn a winner, 42-16 to over Mercer. And again, a really impressive running performance on the ground by the Tigers. Let's talk wide receivers, as uh, Auburn had a lot of wide receivers get on the field for the first time. So many wide receivers got a chance to get some snaps, meaningful snaps. Javarius Johnson, the most productive day through the year, but Brent, give me a breakdown of the wideouts. Yeah, I liked, I liked what the wideouts did. Uh, Steve touched on it earlier. It was... It was interesting to see the rotation in there because, man, it, you just got so many guys catching passes. It wasn't like there was focus on one guy or two guys. Um, and, you know, I say that, um, and I said that during the game. I said they're really spreading the ball around. Not any one guy is having a great game, but a lot of guys are having good games. Then I looked up at the board, and I saw that Javarius Johnson had over 100 yards. And that was a very quiet 100-yard game from Javarius Johnson. He's a guy that people have been looking for for stuff from for a long time. Uh, and it seems like this is probably going to be the year he's going to do it. I like the depth that Auburn has at that position. I think that they've come a long way. Uh, I really, really like Ike Hilliard as a coach. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of bought in to him as a position coach. And uh, I really think that this wide receiver group has, has set itself up to have a really good year. The the other thing I like, I, I yeah, I, I kill your. I think is going to coach those guys up. But the other thing I like is, is Eric Keesaw and just kind of the philosophy right now. It's it you're seeing the wide receivers doing a lot of different things, yes. and, and that's something that we had not seen under Gus Malzahn. And we saw some last year. It certainly um, expanded last it, year, but it, it it expanded last year. But just from just even one game, it feels yeah. like it's expanded more. It felt I mean, formulaic a little bit last year right. with Mike Bobo calling plays, but. Like I said, this this was some of the most creative play calling I've seen sure. in a very long time. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the wide receivers have a lot more responsibilities uh, than they have had previously. Like I said, we, last year you added more responsibilities onto them. This year it looks like even more. But they're doing a lot of different things. Um, you know, we, we've always talked about the route tree and, and things like that. 
um, there's various trees that, that you see these guys running and it's not just basic patterns i mean they're yeah. they're actually doing work out there and uh uh yeah i mean to have uh, javaris johnson have the game he had that's great um need more of those guys to step up um it, it'd be nice to have that one guy that you can look at and goes that is the dude that we're going to target and really kind of try to force defenses sure. to double them and which would open up some other stuff uh, so if it's going to be Javaris, then great. If it's going to be Shed, great. If it's going to be any of these other guys, great. But we need to start seeing more and more of those guys step up. Uh, the other thing, though, is also with the tight ends, Shanker uh, had him a touchdown catch. Yeah. Um, the tight ends are, are – set, set records last year but did not have a touchdown, and this year right. gets a touchdown in the first game. Right. And so to be, to be able to add the tight ends as part of the pass-catching group – is something you know. Obviously, people have been begging and pleading for. Again, we saw some of that last year. Um, Shanker had a great year with no touchdowns, but the tight end is going to be a part of what they do, and they're going to be part of that pass catching group. And so, I'm uh, hoping to see that keep going well as also. Without a doubt, because goodness gracious, tight ends are. Did y'all see the tight end that Georgia strolled out on the field? Oh, uh, Washington, Darnell Washington. Yeah, good yeah. lord, dude. Dude is <laughs> he's six seven two fifty, which is the same and size like, as T.J. Finley, and, and he's hurtled, running like that and hurdled a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, that's that's oh what I was saying lord. earlier. Is like Oregon. It, a lot of blame is going to be placed on the shoulders of Bo Nix, and and rightfully so. But Oregon had a lot of problems <laughs> against Georgia, sure. and Bo was just one of them. <laughs> but the, I, other, I, the other one was the six seven tight end. I, but see, and that's the thing. Uh, I'd love to see Auburn get that tight end back to being a feature to where Auburn can start recruiting guys like yeah. that, that this becomes a, you know, you get a guy like a OJ Howard that, you know, that is just a beast of a tight end. Um, a guy like Mike Evans. I know Mike Evans is technically a wide receiver, but Mike Evans is that size of to guy to be a, a tight end. But Auburn has not use the tight end enough to attract the top tight ends here but you know if they can start using that more in that pass catching role like we're seeing them do then it will become more of a an option for some of those bigger and better tight ends to possibly come here and i'd love to see auburn take advantage of that and it looks like that's kind of what harson and Kesaw are trying to do we'll see how it continues to develop in the weeks to come uh as you've got san jose state again this week and guys that's the big thing Penn State, right around the corner. One more game uh, before that big matchup with the Nittany Lions takes place. About uh, 30 seconds left in the hour. Let's just get another comment again. Pretty fun to have college football back and so many games to watch. Was everybody pretty pleased this weekend? So excited. Having it on your television screens Good and lo- sets? That that FSU-LSU game yeah. last night was was drugs. Yeah. That but, was drugs. All right, so, so here's here's the thing. I, me and Bill Bailey have, have always had this kind of contentious thing with each other because Bill Bailey loves NFL football, and he's like, NFL is so much better than college. And, and I get it, the, the actual play of the game, it's the best of the best playing NFL, but I'm sorry, you don't get atmospheres like you see no. in college football. You don't get that in the NFL at all. Even You don't close. get craziness like we saw no, last night in absolute, the NFL either. No, and, and the bands playing and just the fandom and just people just going absolutely ballistic over Yes, you, you don't get that in the NFL. You just don't. The play might be better, and it might be better players and the superstars. I get that. But atmosphere, you cannot touch college football when it comes to atmosphere at all. 
Pretty awesome weekend. Pretty awesome weekend. That does it for the second hour of our show. We've got one hour left to go. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brooks Children's, and Brandon Daughtry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. My name is JJ Jackson, the host of this program, alongside Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress, and Brant Daughtry. Thank you for listening to us on a Labor Day, a Labor Day Monday, and we're bringing you another new edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Auburn football, a winner, 42 to 16 the final score from their first game of the season against the mercer bears now auburn gets prepared to take on the san jose state football team traveling cross country they'll be at jordan here stadium on saturday night and we'll have that coverage for you on fm talk 93.9 with the tiger tailgate show starting at 3 30 so be on the lookout for that coming up on saturday as we get the third hour started today let's give you the daily show recap We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? Our Daily Show Recap here today, Brooks. What's happened on Sports Call so far? Oh, well, we've been talking about this Auburn-Mercer game that happened on Saturday. We kind of started to dive into San Jose State. Probably won't get into that more until later in the week as we go along. I had a lot of quarterback talk as... as, would you know warrant after the first game of the season uh also talked a little bit about that offensive line talked a lot about the running backs how well they did on saturday night uh we've also had a lot of great phone calls from all of our great callers and uh can't wait to get some more of them call in uh 334-887-34 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine to get on the auburn bank phone line and we'd love to hear from you in this last hour so we've had a great great show we've talked some college football as well and it was a great weekend to open up the official week one of college football it was indeed we've got a football season that uh, has a lot of hope and promise for so many schools as they they won their first games of the season and you feel like you could still accomplish a lot here in the new year in 2022 also mentioned that the atlanta braves are on just such a tear five in a row for atlanta one game back of uh, taking on or of, of taking over first place from the New York Mets. Austin Riley continues to hit home runs galore. He's had a career-high home run season. And Michael Harris II, once again, the reigning National League Rookie of the Month, continues to be Brant Daughtry's favorite player on the team. Money Mike, putting in some work for Atlanta. I was going to say Spencer Strider is my favorite player on the team. Two favorite players are Money Mike and Spencer Strider. Absolutely love those guys. Because Strider only pitches once every five days for you. you Yes, 
Michael Harris is an everyday player, and there's something <laughs> to be said for that. There's something to be said for playing all of the games. He's awesome. He's been on playing such good baseball over the last yeah. month and a half. Kind, mm. kind of came out of nowhere, too. It's still amazing to me that he has been as good as he has been this consistently. <laughs> Hasn't really had a slump yet, and, and you know was hitting like 400 for his first week and obviously you're never going to keep that up but you know he people have film on him now and he's still hitting he's still hot he's still hitting 290 uh, and he hasn't really he hasn't really cooled down at all and, and that's so impressive to me what makes that even more impressive is that he skipped Gwinnett entirely he Braves could called him up from Mississippi he did not see triple a ball him and uh, Von Grissom both yeah yeah both both called up from Mississippi and the fact that you're able to make that jump uh, in the way that those two did uh, is very impressive. No Braves game today. Two games against the Oakland Athletics on the road on Tuesday and Wednesday. An off day for Atlanta on Thursday. And then a three-game series at the Seattle Mariners, followed by a three-game series at the San Francisco Giants. So now, one game off of the Mets' lead and the Braves have an eight-game road trip coming up against teams that they should be uh, feeling pretty good about. Favored. I certainly think that you want to take both of those games against the Athletics. I understand it's hard to ask for taking two on the road, but you want to take two on the road uh, against that bunch. Um, and then, you know, the only, the best team in there is the Giants, and the Giants have not had the year that people thought they were going to. Uh, they're They're okay. They're not very good. The Braves are very, very, very good. Uh, and so the, you would hope that the Braves can come out of that road trip with a lead in the NL East. Now, obviously, that's going to take some help from the Mets, but not a ton. Uh, and if the Braves win those series, they should come back to Atlanta uh, for the for the last couple of games, uh, holding the NL East lead. And they have three head-to-head matchups against the Mets left on their schedule. All three of those games will be played at Truist Park. Let's Brooks? go. I was going to say, I'd say the best team on the schedule is the Mariners this weekend. They're 76-58. and 58. They're the only Are team. They? Of, their, of those three teams, they're the only team above 500. Well, there you go. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that you, you go into this and – uh, this week, and you you've got to continue. You got to feel good about the road trip coming up. Um, now, you know you you didn't have a you know you've got you've won five in a row, but all of them have been at home. And so you know you always get nervous when you go out on the road, especially when you go to the West Coast. Um, you should take the first two, like you said, Brent. You should take the first two against the Mar- or the the Athletics. The weekend series against the Mariners is going to be a, a little. Uh, that one's going to be the 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 one that's going to have some question marks around it. Uh, how how the Braves come out of that? Hopefully, if you're the Braves, you go in, you take two out of three. But would not be shocked if you just took one out of three in that one. But then you go into that Giant series. They are four games below 500 right now. They're 64 and 68 on the year. Um, still a good team. Still play a really really good schedule out there in the NL West. Uh, and you you feel really really good about it if you could take two out of three in that one too because uh, that's a tough place to play out in uh, AT and T Park, uh, especially when you get that marine layer start to set in right at the end of those games. So it, it's big, it's really big, especially because the Mets don't have a, a you know have one of the easiest schedules in baseball coming up down the stretch. A lot of fun, a lot of fun for this time of year with football starting and baseball season going into the finish line. Uh, baseball. If you're a fan of Sonny Deshera, uh, Sonny Deshera and the Rocket City Trash Pandas will start a series at the Montgomery Biscuits starting Tuesday. And they play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I will be going to the game Wednesday. So if you want to go see the Rocket City Trash Pandas and Auburn's own Sonny Deshera against the Biscuits, 
you got plenty of chances to go over to Montgomery and watch them at Riverwalk Stadium. How do you not love minor league baseball schedules? Hey, guys, get on the bus. We're going to go to this place and be there for what feels like a week with all the games. There are lots of chances to see Sonny DeShera play in Montgomery this upcoming week. Quick timeout. Sports call continues in a moment. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. You're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. And on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry and Tom Peavy. I was going to say, uh, did I go somewhere? <laughs> Tom is here. Hey, Tom. Tom is here, and Tom's got a message for everybody. Sports Call. Yeah. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select a skill, then tap Enable to Use, and you're done. All you have to do now is say, Hey Alexa, and play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Pretty simple. Hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn after doing those three steps. I almost to listen to our I almost pulled a Joe Biden. And just read the beginning of it, where it says "Sports Call Alexa Live Read." I almost, I almost pulled a Joe Biden and just read the teleprompter as it was. So. Pulled the pulled the old Ron Burgundy. There you go. <laughs> just throw it up there; he'll read it. <laughs> I thought you're when JJ said Tom has a message for us. I thought you were going to say over the break. I've considered it, and I do like the NFL more. No. <laughs> Let's go to the phone no. lines. 334-887-3401. Joining us now on the program, Michael from Auburn. Michael has called into Sports Call today. Hello, Michael. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm sure y'all covered you know the game already, but uh, just some some things that I saw that, uh, that, that, that kind of stood out to me. Uh, two names, uh, Zach Etheridge and Ike Hilliard. Uh, I, I think they've made a tremendous impact already. Uh, I, I get, you know, we were playing at FCS school, uh, but I saw technique uh, from from both sides of our DBs and our wide receivers. The wide receivers were running. I, I mean, I saw intermediate passing. Uh, I saw an intermediate scene since, you know, Chizik. Uh, it was true routes that were being ran, um, double moves and things like that, not just bubble screens and fly routes. Uh, I, I, I was excited about that. time that I can remember a long time. They were actually in 50-50 balls were in a position to make a play. They didn't make all of them, but even the first touchdown that they had, uh, the DB was in a position to make a play. He just, you know, the other guy made a good play, but our DB was in position. I mean, I've seen so many times that, you know, especially LSU games, you know, you're, you know, they're breaking free and, and you don't have a guy even close to even in the picture frame to know who was covering or they're just running with their back to the quarterback and arms up trying to hope that it hits their hands. So 
those were two big things that stood out to me that I saw. Really fun to see that Auburn team come together and see those coaching staff make the adjustments in which they did between uh, Ike Killiard and Zach Etheridge on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we talked a good bit earlier about those wide receivers, but really it was the defensive backs that we, we didn't spend as much time praising. Yeah, I thought they looked really good as well. I think Nehemiah Pritchett and Jalen Simpson especially are going to be really special this year. Uh, and Donovan Kaufman at nickel. Uh, I think those three guys have really gotten better this offseason and I expect them to make a, a big impact uh, moving forward it'll be interesting with uh, TJ Finley and you know Robbie in the backfield that little play that they ran just as a little wrinkle or something to kind of look to try to figure out how to defend because that's that's an RPO that you know I don't really know how you can really cover that uh, it reminds me a lot of you know when we had you know, Ontario on a sweep, you better, you know, stay true or you're going to be burnt, you know, and then if they would decide to go power. So it, it was interesting. I, I thought that little wrinkle just to give teams something to have to kind of study and prepare for as well, I, I, I thought was pretty neat. I, I'll tell you what that look reminded me of is it reminded me of something that you would have seen Boise State do back in yeah. back in the days yeah. where they were just kind of throwing all sorts of crazy wrinkles out there. That was one of those plays that – that you would have seen Boise do, and everybody like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, that's insane. I think if I if I remember right, they said uh, in the post game that that was something that Keysaw saw Baylor do when RG three right. was there, so it's stolen from that playbook. But I'm with you; that's a that's a really interesting play design, and I think we're going to see more of that this year. All right, guys, I appreciate you coming, Michael. Good to hear from you today. Thanks for the phone call. That's our buddy Michael from Auburn joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401. We like creative wrinkles in the playbook. Absolutely. We like big, having a lot of playmakers and finding big, ways to get them the ball. Big fan of just fun offense. Yeah. Offense offense should be fun. Moving the ball should be fun. Uh, and if it gets stale, that means you're lacking in creativity. I and thought, I need more from you. I thought we were setting up for a uh, big fan of wrinkles, you know. And traditionally, you know, we're not the biggest fans of, of wrinkles in life. But. It, de- it depends on where the wrinkles are right. and what kinds of wrinkles they are. And is it a wrinkle in my shirt or, <laughs> right. or on your face? On yeah, on my face. It means I've, I've which is kind of a catch-22 because it means I'm getting older, but it means I'm still alive. So, <laughs> Yeah, by the way, Jay, the, the whole, yeah, really old, 40 years old. He's really old. It was like... For a pro well, athlete, for a pro athlete. That's not named Tom Brady. That's on the offensive line, a physically demanding position. Mm-hmm. I feel justified I'm in what really, I said. Really old. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Playing, playing tackle at 40 is That's crazy. pretty astounding. That's crazy. <laughs> and he wants to make another year out of it. Yeah. Wild. Good, Good stuff, Jason Peters. Um, all right, we do this each and every Monday. You know what time it is. It's best and worst of the weekend. Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Brooks shot his arms up into the air. Brant gave us the finger guns when we were celebrating <laughs> best and worst of the weekend. It gets animated Woo-hoo! in here sometimes. It's awesome. Tom, Tom couldn't raise his arms because he's too old. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And all my wrinkles are getting in the way. <laughs> Do we yeah. need to slow down how fast we're talking and everything? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah. need yeah. to pull out the glasses next time I hand you a live read. Yeah, I need, I need the reader. I need the readers. <laughs> the and, readers. Yeah, Speak just, up, son. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get an ear horn so I can start hearing people a little better. Oh man, uh, Brooks. Yeah, give me a worst of the weekend. A worst of because the weekend because you weren't prepared to go first, so I'm gonna put it on you. Um. Um, my worst of the weekend. There wasn't a lot that went wrong this week. I'm going to say the SEC West versus Lightning this weekend. 
is, is my worst because you had three games featuring SEC West teams that went into a lightning delay. You had Auburn That's and Mercer. That's really creative. You I had like that. Texas A and M and whoever they were playing earlier in the uh, Sam Houston, and then you had that uh, Memphis and Mississippi State game going a lightning delay too. So the SEC West versus Lightning was, I guess, they, all three of them got back underway. So I guess they won that battle, but you know it was a tough fight there for a little bit. Uh, so three and zero versus Lightning on the weekend. That's that is a wonderful worst of the weekend. Thank you for the creativity. You're Brooks. welcome. Good point for you. Hey. All right, your turn to score a point, Brant. You got anything? <laughs> I had something and I forgot it. Okay, I'll mm. go to Tom for a moment. Tom, uh, do you have anything for worst of the weekend? Uh, wor- yeah, worst. Uh, the the well, worst because not that it. I, I, all right, I'm one of those that's very outspoken on like how crappy the targeting rules are. Uh, in college football, I hate the fact that guys get ejected for targeting when they're just trying to make a play. However, the LSU targeting yeah. call against Florida State uh, is Ali Gay. Is that the guy's name? Yeah, I think so. Like th- that was like targeting of all targeting, 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 targeting. Oh my lord! Like, that is that is the play the the rule is supposed to protect. Yeah, that, that, that is yep. designed to protect against. Exactly. That that is. That's why the rule exists. And so that's why I said a worst is because what in the hell are you doing, kid? I mean, he runs. He didn't even put his arms up. He just he just headbutted him. He just just headbutted him. He just launched the crown of his head right at the dude's face, and I was like, "What are you doing?" I mean, that yet, like you said, that is why targeting is in place. That gets you kicked out of a game. Yes, sure. But you know now now we go into the other targeting you know where we've seen guys just make a play and it's yeah. like oh now he's kicked that out one no, of these things is Monday's not like entire the season exactly. last year but but no the the one yet <laughs> the one last night with the LSU player goodness gracious I mean yeah. what in the world was that dude thinking because I mean that was just that was bad now shared it online Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Sports Call AU that's good Tom that was a uh, yeah, not not a good decision made by the LSU <laughs> no, defender on that good. one. That's one of those. That is the worst of the weekend. Yeah, come a, on. I mean, yeah, come on, man. Brant, did you remember? I remembered mine. Mine's going to be LSU special teams unit. Woo, because yeah. <laughs> two muffed punts, one of them that should have cost them the game much earlier, a blocked field goal and a blocked PAT, uh, both of them coming from the same spot. It's the, the left side D-gap, the offensive left D-gap. Same same guy comes through both times, same spot, and blocks the field goal and the PAT. Uh, and he also blew through on another one of their PAT attempts, and he just didn't get there in time. So LSU special teams coordinator, hottest of hot seats right now, I think. Yeah. And that's mine. I like it. I'll give you a point for that. I appreciate it. I'll give you a point for that. Are we getting points now? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving points for best and worst of the weekend. It's like Tom whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter. Just Tom but get a we point for a his. I get a point because it went up as a as a video on. Oh, that on, should be two on, points on the Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to put a video right now for gosh. a worst of the weekend. I'm sitting here watching the video of the one that I talked about. Goodness, I mean, gosh, I'm and you see the thing about it, he knew as soon as he hit it, he knew he did because if you watch that video, he hits him and then tries to put his arms up right, right at the end to make it look like he's like pushing him down. Yeah. My video is great. I saw this the other day and I was looking for it. I would like for Tom to give a breakdown of this worst of the weekend. Oh, I th- see, I thought this was an old video. I, I think it is an old video. I, I don't know. Circulated again. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it it this, this is an old video, but it is very funny. So it, it's Pee Wee football, and uh, they've got the cheerleaders and got the banner held up for the kids to run through. But 
Uh, a lot of them don't know which way to run, so you end up having some come through one side and the other circle around and go through the other side, and they end up colliding with each other at about the point of where the band is at. I think there's a there's a. Uh, I love the coach's reaction, just taking his hat off and just. There's son of a. There's <laughs> a uh, there's a subtle. They're not it it. I think it's lost in the art. Number twelve is going for the right side of the banner, and then he he's the one that leads the char- starts to lead the charge to the wrong side. Oh. Trips falls and then comes around the corner <laughs> after disaster has happened. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he tries to pivot the, yeah. the the turf monster gets him and then he falls down and then after the disasters happen he gets over here. Yeah. Like I said, oh. if you watch it at the bottom of the screen, the coach, he's, the coach is trying to point and tell them where to go. And once it all happens and it, watch him, he'll just, he's pointing. He's like, no, 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 the other side, you know, the other side. And now, ah, son of a. I give up. Rips, yeah. the, hat, rips the hat off and throws, <laughs> throws the hat down Steve Spurrier Steve style. style yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. It's best be, of the weekend. Going to be a rough year. That might be a best. That's pretty best. <laughs> um, Tom, give me a best of the weekend. Oh, dude, college football. Lame. Lame. Lame my butt. My <laughs> big old butt. Obvious, it's got, but, dude, it's, obvious but it's obvious for a reason because yeah, I mean, dead gummit. Oh, I mean, come on. It's college football. And again, screw you, Bill Bailey. I don't care about <laughs> NFL. College football is the is best. You just, gosh, you just, the atmospheres, the, the, the pomp and circumstance, the bands, the cheerleaders, the student sections, the crowds, the fireworks, flyovers the the light shows with all everybody has the led stuff going on in their stadiums now and pre-game rituals and traditions and this it just come on you don't get that in the nfl you they just it's it's so sterile and yes the players are the best players in the world but it's so sterile and blah college football you're trying to get here. you're trying to get points by um Degrading, uh, Mr. Bill Bailey, and I can't give you points for that, man. Well, he's right. I, I can't no. give you points. As for right that. as he is, um, Brent, give me a best of the weekend. Uh, standing in Jordan Hare Stadium with a couple thousand other people getting rained on. That was awesome. Yeah. There were a few times where I like took my glasses off, cleaned them, and put them back on, and went. That was stupid. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> uh, a best of the weekend for you, Brooks. Uh, I'm going to go early in the weekend uh, because uh, the official weekend starts at 6 o'clock when we get off the air for us. So <laughs> Tiger Communications High School football team's going 2-0 and Friday night. Yes, sir. Beauregard uh, Hornets getting a big win on the road to the Valley Rams. They were dominant almost the entire game. Uh, and, and then the uh, Smith Station Panthers. Pulling out a win at home against uh, in-region uh, opponent Prattville, a team that made the playoffs last year. And so, big win, big first win of the year for uh, for the Smith Station Panthers on Friday night. And Beauregard continues, is now 3-0 and undefeated, and getting ready for a big game this Friday night against Tallahassee back at home. Going to be fun. So Gonna that's my best of the weekend is two is the two and zero communications high school Friday night Friday night lights uh, we'll have some big games as you said Brooks coming up this week as well and uh, always fun to see our teams win we'll have the high school coaches show on Wednesday night also uh, from Wild Wing Cafe be on the lookout for that one best and worst of the weekend college football being back was pretty awesome uh, the Braves playing so well was pretty awesome yeah I mean. I'm trying to, you know, we, we talked about uh, some of the top performances. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, that's a top five game that took place. Florida, how great they played that against game was Utah awesome. that game to was pick awesome. up that win. 
really impressive stuff there Boy, Deion, for the Gators. Deion Sanders' kid looked amazing. Granted, that's a whole different level of football. I mean, it was against FAMU, but still, uh, the comparison of those, that was supposed to be a tough game for Jackson State. And uh, Shamir Sanders, goodness gracious, he was like 17 of 17. Right. For 300 and something yards and five touchdowns at one point in the game. I mean, just finished 29 for 33. Yeah. That's yeah. a good day. That's a very good just day. Absolutely very productive. Absolutely ridiculous. Very, Dude, very productive good. day. Goodness gracious. He's good. I forgot that Dion's son was at uh, Jackson State now. Yeah. Had two sons on the team last year. Yeah. Shiloh uh, was the other son. Yeah. We'll see what Jackson State could do moving forward. Um, on Wednesday, we'll have our hump day update. For the Campbell Camels, <laughs> truthfully, forgot we did that. I did too. And, I didn't and truthfully, even... I forgot, or I don't even know what happened in the first week. We touched Campbell on it football. Thursday when and Brooks hosted the show. I I don't want to know what happened. I don't want to know what happened. I want to wait until Wednesday. I want to wait until our Hump Day update. You gentlemen are more than welcome to look right now, but I'm I do right not now. want to know what happened until Wednesday. Do you want to predict what our best and worst of the weekend is going to be for one week from now, Brooks? Do I want to predict yeah. what our best and worst? I don't know. Um, I'm going to say... The NFL will be back. Will you get it some love for being back one week from today? Maybe. I think... Uh, you know what? I think a, a uh, worst of the weekend could be... A, I, I tell you what, a worst of the weekend could be the matchup of uh, Texas and Alabama. That continues to be, you know, all off season. It was hyped up, and it's, you know, big, you know, Fox is going to be there. Their big noon Saturday is going to be there. Game day's going there. I, it could flop really hard because you. I don't know if y'all saw the comments today from Sarkeesian and his uh, presser, but he was like, "Well, you know, we'll, we'll work some guys out. We'll get out there." He didn't. It didn't sound like he was like, "Oh, we're going to go out there and compete." It's like we're just going to get some guys on the field and try to you know, see how they like, play. It sounded like a press conference for a preseason game. Yeah, it sounded. Yeah, it sounded like a, a spring scrimmage high school football we're gonna get out there and work some guys out and everything it's it didn't sound like a guy that's about to play a team that was you know alabama moments away from winning a national championship last year do you blame them brooks I mean, you'd like to have a little bit more confidence. Uh, no, no, no they're going to get dog walked. I guarantee you Mercer's head coach had more confidence going into this past weekend's game. Brooks is a little passionate. I like it. They're going to get dog walked I like by Alabama. It. It's a, and it's 11 a.m. Like you got to start your day with that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. it's it's what it's like ten in Texas, isn't it? What what time zone is Texas? Texas in? is very much in the central. Are time they? Zone. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, central. I think it, I think they split. I think part of Texas is in central and part is in mountain. I huh. think Austin is in central though. Yeah. Well, yeah, Austin is in central. I think when you get out towards El Paso, Brooks said right Austin and, and flashed the horns. You darn right. Do you think so, Tom? I could be dead. I could be dead wrong. I would have just All I know is that Alabama Alabama is in central and I, Georgia is in El Paso eastern is in the and mountain that's been confusing for me it, my I'm, entire I'm, life. Yeah. You're smart. You've had a lot of years on this earth. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm really old. <laughs> so many. <laughs> really old. A lot of time to figure the You know, Tom remembers out. when there weren't time zones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like that guy a lot. I've known Tom. It's crazy to think about how long I've known Tom at this point. Which is another year of, of yeah, doing football dude. season yeah. shows it, with Tom. You Beebe. know how long you've known Tom's just to drop the bucket though. I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember back to my day. 
Oh, let's give you a TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. A Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks Monroe Childress, you yep. have the honors. Entertain me, sir. Oh, man. Uh, well, sir? You, three movies for you to pick from tonight to entertain you. Six o'clock on FX. It's Thor Ragnarok. The, uh, the third no. Thor individual movie. No. Individual movie. <laughs> great, great film. It's fantastic. Um, it's eight o'clock on TNT. It's Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Don't want to hear any negativity about that movie whatsoever. Mm. It was a Star Wars movie. It was a good movie. It was... Mm. I don't want to hear it. It was not uh, good. And also, your your J.J. Jackson pick of the evening, 6.30 on E! Network, Pitch Perfect 2. Oh, yeah. There it is. I knew I, that was That's getting great. Going. I enjoyed the Pitch that's Perfect great. movies. You should. Singing is fun. Singing it's very fun. is objectively a fun activity to do, and anyone who says no... You're wrong. Well, I think everyone agrees that singing is fun. It's just listening to the people who are singing is it's not, fun, al- is not can, always fun. You can sing along while they're JJ, singing. Are, JJ, are you a singer? Yes. You're a soprano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Fair, fair. Yeah. Six, six o'clock on. <laughs> I like to, you know, I, I, I aim for tenor, but I realize I can't quite make it to that uh, level, but, uh, you know. Maybe you should try sopranos bass. Sopranos above tenor. Go the other way. La 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 la. You're you're a tenor. <laughs> you're a tenor. La 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 la. Is that it for the TV guy? Yeah. No, I was saying oh. if you were done. <laughs> well, Six o'clock. Please tell me JJ's done. <laughs> Six o'clock on ESPN two. U.S. Open tennis continues action tonight. Not a lot of big names in action tonight, but it is the round of sixteen. So we continue to move along in the U.S. Open or yeah, the U.S. Open tennis tournament, and of course. College football week one wraps up tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Number four, Clemson trots into Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a game against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who will start quarterback for the Clemson Tigers tonight. They're, that's a big question is, is who, who they're going to trot out there. Will be DJ Uyunglele will be the new talented freshman. Will they switch quarterback? Will they go with a two-quarterback system? Can Georgia Tech make this a good football game <laughs> like we saw last night? No. Here, most likely not, but no, I will be watching at least the first quarter. Most likely not. And here's the other thing. Clemson fans will probably out. I don't even going to say I, probably. Clemson fans will outnumber Georgia yes. Tech fans, and they are playing literally several blocks from the campus of Georgia Tech. And Clemson yep. fans will outnumber Georgia Tech fans in Correct. the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And finally. Oh, no. Last but not least. This on your nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer is. Not endorsed by Brooks Childress. I was going to your last one. That was my segue for you. No, that was it. Oh, you were done? That was it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, The Bachelorette is there on tonight. Is. There it is. Getting close to the finale. It might actually be the finale. Yeah. Check it out. You would know. On ABC. <laughs> 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 That's Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Tom Peavy, you're a wonderful man. Hey, man. I got to go and get ready to uh, put my... Uh, fantasy roster together to defend my championship yeah we've got a that. draft coming up in uh, just over an hour that's right good luck defend my title bruh bro Brand. bro bro bro, bro. <laughs> hey bro brant yeah thanks for being here thank you for having me brooks yeah thanks for being here thanks bro i love you man <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for today's show thanks so much for tuning in and calling it for tom pv brooks childress and brant daughtry my name is jj jackson thank you and good day <laughs>